morning, everybody. It's your girl, Super Cindy. Welcome to Community Matters. Hope everyone is having an amazing Sunday this early morning. And I am here and definitely honored with my guests this morning. They're part of the Circle of Brothers and part of the Hunger Nine. And we're going to talk about their organization. We're going to talk about how the Hunger Nine came about, what the results, the outcome of everything that they've been working on is, and all their upcoming ventures and projects that they're working on because they are real busy men. So live in the studio, I have an executive member, and he's also a portion of the entertainment and music portion of the Circle of Brothers, Mr. Anthony Blackman. Good morning, Anthony. Good morning, my dear sister. And I also have an executive direct, the Executive Director of the Circle of Brothers, Brother Lyle Muhammad. Good morning. Good morning, and God bless you Ooh, and your yes. beautiful listening audience, dear yes, sister. Yes, we are feeling blessed this Sunday morning and so happy to have you guys here. I saw you a lot on the news during that during the month of March. So let's first speak about the Circle of Brothers. What exactly is the Circle of Brothers, and what is the mission? Excellent. We are officially known as the Circle of Brotherhood, Oh, okay. but we are a Circle of Brothers. Okay. And what makes us so unique is that we're a circle of brothers from all walk of life. Mm. Uh, we have brothers from the streets to the suites. Okay. You have some individuals who may have spent double-digit years in prison and may even have in the past been involved with helping to destroy our community. Mm. You have brothers in the circle of brotherhood who've never seen the back of a police car and have done other particular things, but we're united together from all walk of life, all different faith backgrounds, Christians, Muslims, people who are agnostics, but we all are primarily black men involved in solving our own community problems. I absolutely love that. Like, it's so diverse. So you get different opinions, different outlooks on the issues that we're facing every single moment of the day. What are some of the things that the Circle of Brothers does? There's a, some primary areas that we concentrate on. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, it only makes sense that if we're serious about being about our community, areas that need immediate attention should get immediate attention. Yes. So we know economic development needs immediate attention. Mm-hmm. So we have employment training initiatives and programs entrepreneurs. We also know that crime and violence is a serious issue in our community. We have many, many initiatives that are dealing with that right on the ground in our communities. And we also deal with youth mentorship. Those are some of our primary areas that we're dealing with. But um, we're looking at a holistic approach to what we call community wellness. I love that. So I want to get to know the both of you a little bit more. I know about how many members are in the Brotherhood. Well, you know what they they say, dear (laughs) sister. They say those those who know don't tell and those who don't know (laughs) Don't Don't ask. Right. But let's just say that we have a core group of individuals Mm -hmm. uh, that have been doing some awesome work since 2012. And we have many, many, many supporters and brothers who understand the importance of our initiatives and even some looks right now outside of Miami-Dade across the country. And I love that. I know that when you guys did The Hunger Nine, it brought a lot of media attention from around the world to you. And that, even if they don't become, like you said, a, an official member of the Brotherhood, right. I'm sure it sparked interest in trying to help you reach the goals of all the things that you guys are working on. So first, I'm going to start with Mr. Blackman. Yes, Anthony, ma'am. tell me a little bit about yourself. Are you born and raised in South Florida? What is your background? and what's going on? I actually was born in New York City (laughs) and I was raised in Mobile, Alabama. Hello, how did you get from New York to Mobile? (laughs) I'm going to tell you it was a geographical change that I needed. I was fresh out of prison Mm. October the 27th of 2000 Mm -hmm. for the second time. Ooh. 
And I knew that I needed to change and I needed to find a new place where I can have a new beginning. And uh, I just happened to pick Miami because I knew that the weather was nice here. So wait, so you were incarcerated twice. Well, like for the second time, you're saying, were you incarcerated <coughs> in New York and Rikers or where were Alabama, you? Alabama. In- I was on Ooh. the chain gang in Ooh, Alabama. In the hot sun. <laughs> It was horrible. Oh. But I can tell you, I came across this book. Mm-hmm. It was actually the first book that I ever read. Wow. It was the autobiography of Malcolm X. Mm, inspiring. And I was Definitely. 18 years old mm. in prison on the chain game. And that book started the transition of me becoming who you have before you right now. <laughs> that is so awesome. And and then from Mobile, you when what when you were released from prison and you said, let me go relocate somewhere else and you well, chose Miami? I looked in the newspaper for a mm-hmm. job, okay. which was my first time looking for a job. I was okay. 21 years old mm-hmm. and, and it said free to travel, no experience necessary. I Hello. say I'm the perfect <laughs> That's <candidate>. me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it happened to be a traveling sales job. Okay. And that's how I end up here. You you grew up in New York? Or Mobile, Mo- Alabama. Okay, so you grew up in Mobile. What was your upbringing like that caused you to go the wrong path in your early teens and tw- early 20s? Very good question. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the problems in Mobile, Alabama is the same problem that we have in Miami, you know, okay. where uh, a lot of the fathers are missing. My father mm-hmm. wasn't there. When he was there, he was very abusive, mm. and we was pretty much fending for ourselves. Mm. So I went where love took me, and that was drugs, alcohol, gangs, running the streets. Mm. And I actually, you know, I like telling my testimony, and I'm glad that you asked yes, because share that. people need hope, and they need to know that people do change. You and know? if you mess up, it's not the end of the road, and that's a message that I always try to push. Like, we all mess up in a, to a certain degree, whatever our degree right. is, but you can always turn that path exactly so you know that's a big uh title for me never ever give up Hello. you know so you know growing up in juvenile institutions and mm. running away from home and then going to prison at 18 i knew i needed to change and let me tell you something that change came when mm. i came to miami march the 9th 2001 i was in a hotel by myself and and i was cursing out god which was mm. a practice that i had acquired for a very long time and i and i told him that if he was real didn't show up and i had a personal encounter with god mm. been 18 years ago awesome so Let me just add this. So the last, since 2012, since I've been uh, a member of the Circle of Brotherhood, my life has changed dramatically because I've never been around a group of black men Mm -hmm. who love themselves and their community the way the Circle of Brotherhood. So that has transformed me into a whole new different person The root today. of it is love, though. That's that why. That love root. That is <laughs> Rooted root. into the ground. Mm-hmm. And just. And how about you, Brother Muhammad? What is mm-hmm. your your story? Well, I, I was born in a little teeny city called Springfield, Massachusetts. Ooh. Uh, for those who don't know, that's where the Basketball Hall of Fame is. Okay. And I was born to a young mother mm-hmm. uh, at 16, had a brother by the time she was 17, sister mm-hmm. by the time she was 18, three of us. I think y'all know the rest of that story and how that goes. <laughs> But um, by the time I was 14, I was kicked out of a whole state school system. I couldn't mm. go to any more schools in the state Expelled, of Massachusetts. Like, period. So we had family in Baltimore, so we relocated to Baltimore, and I was raised up in the beautiful city of Baltimore. But that's not an easy city either. Uh, to say the least. Oh. To say the least, but I wouldn't trade an ounce of that experience in for anything, nor would I 
trade an ounce of experience in my new Garden of Eden, mm. known as Miami. Mm. And um, I've been here since 2007. God led and God fed and been blessed to do this mighty work in terms of our community uh, since a very young age. Um, you growing up from a mother who was so young, a teenager raising kids, a kid raising kids. Right. Um, how did that affect you? Like, did you take the wrong path or were you trying to figure things out? Or like, how was your youth? Well, all of the above, you know, mm. but when you're eight able to, number one, survive that and then look back into it, all the lessons were so necessary for the work that we do now. Mm. I I travel this world right now as a youth development specialist Mm. and relate to youth in such a special way, but without my previous experiences, Mm. I wouldn't have that relationship. You wouldn't have that connection. I have the beautiful opportunity to train and teach teachers because most teachers can't teach because they Mm. can't reach who they're supposed to be teaching. Mm. So those experiences are invaluable. And when you grow up fast in a divine way, there's always blessings inside of the lessons. So who, how did the, in 2012, how did the circle of brothers, like who was the first member? How, was it two best friends that said, like, how did this spread? Like, how did it even start? Well, we know, number one, it had to be divine in nature because Mm -hmm. you cannot have a circle of brotherhoods with one brother. So there's no one brother that a circle started with. (laughs) But I I will say this since we're, you know, we're home based here. People Mm -hmm. are very familiar with the show First 48. Yeah. Um, There was a, a, a brother on that show by the name of Detective Ford, who'd been a homicide detective. Yes, I know Detective. I right. love First 48. Not the, not the crime right. on it, I but I like you. the... So yeah. 27 years into that, can you imagine what he's seeing on a regular and mm. daily basis? And there was a series of murders of particularly young black men, and they weren't receiving the attention in terms of investigation or focus that was needed. He goes to then Commissioner Michelle Spence Jones yes, and says, I don't know what to do. She says, I don't know what to do either. But she said, I know who to call. So she mm. called about four or five of us together, again, from many different walk of life, mm. who were pretty much doing things in the community, but not doing anything together. Mm. Everyone on their own path. But I will say at that sacred meeting, Mm -hmm. we made a decision that we would never, ever again allow anything that disunites us to be more powerful than the work we can be doing together. We didn't make any promises. Yes. We begin to meet on a regular basis. Well, Mm -hmm. where's the worst area? They said it was the beans. Okay, so all right, we'll go to the beans. We met there every Saturday for about a year and a half to, to meet with each other to vibe with each other, to meet and walk in the community. But out of that genesis came the love that really grew us into the circle of brotherhood. That is so awesome. And I love the way you said that you guys didn't make any promises, but made a commitment to never dismantle, like never break apart the circle that had been made. That's right. How does the circle grow? Like, how do you guys get, you know, like people just come to you or word of mouth? Well, it's been a combination of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, Our work is very serious work, you know, and really only men who are really interested in doing something. Mm -hmm. We don't care what your background is Mm -hmm. in terms of whether you've been down or up or you're more up than down, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. But if you're not serious about being a community servant, then you're really not even going to be attracted to the circle of brotherhood. And so generally what happens is members of the circle of brotherhood are able to reach out. But we have community meetings as well. We have a community meeting that takes place on Tuesdays where we have a brotherhood circle that's open. We also, because we're mentoring youth at that same evening, Mm -hmm. we provide a support group as well to single mothers who are out there who may need to get that Mm, different perspective on how to deal with certain issues. And we also have Thursday night meetings for prospective members. So people 
people know how to reach us or either we know how to reach people who are also doing this work. And where are the meetings? Are, are different locations or where? We've been blessed to, uh, we're headquartered at formerly what is known as Floral Heights Elementary or what people used to know as Corporate Academy, oh, okay. a 58,000 square foot facility uh, that is our home for the next 30 years. Whoa. And um, there'll be other agencies that are working in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, one of the beautiful things about the Circle of Brotherhood is that we let he who is best lead in whatever particular category or area take that lead. And our lead organizer, Brother Leroy Jones, has been instrumental at paving the way and making sure that we have the connections to get the resources to do the work. We're not men who pretend like we don't know what to do. We know mm-hmm. what to do. Yeah. Absolutely. So we can't we wait for a cavalry when we yeah. are the cavalry. Absolutely. And so you spoke about Detective Ford. I'm very <clears throat> familiar with him because mm-hmm. I'm an avid watcher of First 48. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really come to Miami anymore, the recent mm-hmm. um, episodes. But I remember particularly, and I'm not sure if that's mm-hmm. what you're talking about there was like a series of episodes that were all like on 60 something and 13th mm. and between 13th and 15th the two gangs and no one knows why they were even against each other they grew up together as little kids being friends and now that they're teens they were warring and it was like back-to-back murders on that episode that i saw right in the center of liberty city mm. and what is is that what more or less because that episode is not a new episode right. but that those series of events are still happening every other day currently is that what launched the hunger nine like how did the hunger nine come about well, I'm going to let Brother Blackman sure. um, talk about that. Okay. You know, uh, my responsibility during the whole campaign, I guess, was to be like a nurse in the pit bull. Oh and gosh. he was actually one of the, the nine brothers that participated. And uh, remember, we're already doing major work in the community, but mm-hmm. there was a particular event, and I'll let him talk about that okay. and what gave birth to the Hunger Nine. Okay. So there was a candlelight visual that took place in Liberty City, mm-hmm. which consists of between 40 to 50 grieving mothers mm. at one place, one location, dealing with the loss of their loved one. Now, I mean, you can imagine one to two mothers, 40, but 40 to 50 the sorrow and the grief in grieving the mothers. Yeah. And it was four of our brothers that happened to be at this particular uh, visual mm-hmm. and It just sparked from there that we have to do more. Black men in the community in this day and age, we have to do more. You know, so it was from that meeting Mm -hmm. and over the course of the next two months that the nine were handpicked, selected, as well as volunteered. All of this was volunteered that we came up with Operation Hunger Strike and the Hunger Nine. When selecting the nine, did it come into detail like who could health-wise participate? Like, did you guys take all that? Because me, I'm diabetic. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if I could, like, when I have to fast for a few days, I'm mm-hmm. like, uh, you mm-hmm. know? Like, did that come into account who was healthy enough to participate on as far as the hunger strike portion of it? Uh, as Brother Blackman said, this was a two-month process. Mm. It wasn't something that the brothers just, just dwelled into. Mm-hmm. And in that, all of the above was considered. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, I mean, primarily, and for those who don't know, um, a shout-out to the Professional Firefighters Association who came yes, out uh, during that 21 and a half days and twice a day yes, sir. took the brothers' vitals, checked Make all sure. of their, uh, whatever needed to be done yeah. in terms of making sure they were maintaining health first. One of the brothers, uh, MacArthur Richard, Mm-hmm. who was a diabetic mm-hmm. before Operation Hunger Strike went in against his doctor's orders. Mm. But he comes out now clear and free. 
Because he was diabetes. eating a bunch of stuff that made that. It was the, the, so, you know, him. all of that was considered. Mm-hmm. But the idea that nine men on the corner of Northwest 62nd mm. Street and Northwest 12th Avenue mm. camped out, lived there for 21 and a half days right across the street from the Beans and from the Liberty Square, mm. whichever you choose to call. But the bottom line is to send a statement around the world and denied themselves mm. of food for 21 and a half days mm. and just the substance of water. Miracles took place on those grounds in those 21 and a half days. Anthony, Absolutely. you being part of the Hunger Nine, describe the day. You wake up, do you sleep at night? Because, <laughs> like, tell me the process from day one to, like, day, what was it? Th- how many days? Th- 21? 21 and a half. 21 and a half days. So first thing I like to say is that never in history, mm-hmm. historically, in no parts of the world have black men in the free world ever went on a hunger strike. Mm. So what we did was very historic. Number two is, you know, and I and I heard I hear a lot of people talk about fasting. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to make make it real clear that this was a hunger strike. Not fasting. This was not a fast. You know, fasting. Oh, yeah, yeah we could have we could have stayed at home and did a fast, or mm-hmm. we could have you know. But we left all of us married except for one. Mm-hmm. All of us have jobs, businesses, and full responsibilities. I actually was kicked out of school. I'm a, I'm a current student. I go to uh, SAE Institute. I'm studying audio engineer. Wow, so, and you were and you were kicked out they because kicked me of out the of days you missed. Yeah, you can't. You know, it's a clock hour. So if you're not there, they kick you out. Is a another brother lost his job. And mm. so so when we said there's no greater love that a man lay down his life for a friend and that from the beginning, the circle of brotherhood was birthed out of love. That love has been magnified by this hunger strike. And for me personally, it just made me a better man. It makes me a, a, a better person. It makes me. Uh, let me tell you something. Our people in our community don't believe that we love them. That's the source mm-hmm. of all the things that are going That's on. It. They don't feel loved. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. it. So this sacrifice that I made and that we made is to demonstrate love to our community. Mentally, mm-hmm. what do you go through during a hun- hunger strike? Well, I can say this. And, and Brother Philip, he was one of the hunger now. He can articulate this better than me. But okay. what I can say is that God is real. And... <laughs> If I had to do this by myself, I probably wouldn't have made it. Mm. So it was the strength of us nine being together. And going through the we same We slept outside thing. in tents, right. by the way. And, and for those who don't know, <clears throat> Gandhi's longest hunger strike was 21 days. Whoa. Right. So the energy, to answer your question, mm-hmm. would be us nine collectively together and the love that we received from the community. We had everybody come out to support us. Mm. You know, and Brother Locke can talk more about that, about all of the many classes and people that came by. Children. Mm. I saw organizations. Yeah. It just give me goosebumps right now just thinking about it. Mm. That, that holy ground there lay claim through those days that we were there Mm -hmm. for the retraining of police officers Mm. on community relations for perpetrators of violence in our community to be able to come out and be counseled and have some conflicts actually solved on those grounds for grieving mothers who we forgot never ever really healed but begin a healing process because they saw that their their loved one wasn't lost in vain. People coming by to be educated schools and classrooms from the university levels all the way down to elementary school. To truly understand. Right. It was very, 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 very real, the educational experiences and transformations that took place on that hollow ground. And there were stories that went as far away as we found out to Asia. 
Whoa. So after the 21 days, sadly, a few days later, I think one or two days later, it started again. There was more teenagers killed. Recently, the two sisters from Broward that were down in Liberty City through a drive-by getting murdered. Like, what? It's, it's like, so despairing to, like, be going through this as a community. What can we do to reprogram these young people? You know, one thing I will say... Uh, you know, they say the fruit don't fall far from the tree. Mm. Mm. So sometimes we concentrate on the young people instead of that old oak tree mm. uh, that, that was uh, boring a nut, Hell you know, on. and it's all parenting. But before we even deal with that, mm-hmm. we understand the reality of divine law and all the work we do as members of the circle of brotherhood, regardless of our faith walk and the God that we all serve works from both ends. Mm. You know, the the hunger strike wasn't too Stop all of a sudden a hunger strike takes place and no killing. We know we're dealing with a cultural phenomenon that only we as our own people can change. Absolutely. And so as we continue to work that change, just as we hear about all the killings that continue, there's some powerful things that are being done that show that we're winning. But the media doesn't cover those things. And so we think we're losing a battle that we're actually winning. But the beautiful thing is no longer, I believe, will we as a people be desensitized that every single life lost, it counts. And so we're continuing to do work. And again, as we continue to get the resources to do what we know needs to be done, we'll see a turnaround. And I'll say this last thing. Mm-hmm. Young people, we have a way of creating some very honest space for them. Mm-hmm. So when they come into the ground of, of, our, of our site, mm-hmm. what we call Operation Ground Zero, they honestly said 99% of them. The violence in our community will never change. But by the time they left, because of what they experienced and who they experienced it from in the space that was created to learn and grow, 99% of them now believe that there will be a change. So our problem is to cause a paradigm shift in our own culture and our own psychology and our own thinking. And everybody got to do their part, Super Cindy. Mm. I agree. You have to build that optimism in their in their spirit, right. in their minds. Absolutely. Talk to me, Anthony, about <clears throat> the theme song that you guys have created called Peacemakers. Tell us about that. I wish that. you could play it. You know, uh-huh. I wish you could play that song. <laughs> we'll get to that it. We'll song, get to yeah. it. <laughs> so the Peacemaker, and I mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. You mm-hmm. know, it's Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Mm-hmm. And the peacemaker single is obviously an uh, honest effort to reach the hip-hop community. Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to be real honest. You know, when we say black men solving our own community problems and taking full responsibilities for what we do, mm-hmm. we have to target hip-hop. Yeah. So, you know, 99 point, <laughs> you know, we, we, we'll just say 90%, you know, for we'll leave the 10. The music that our youth are listening to is mm-hmm. talking about murdering drugs. Yeah. So, you know, the Peacemaker single was created to show our young people that you can use your creativity in a positive way. You know, it, I'm, I'm a hip hop, you know, yeah. guy. So mm-hmm. hip hop was formed as a way to create positivity in our community, you know. So 40 years later. It's turned into something different, but now but, you guys with Peacemakers. But that, that's why the Circle of Brotherhood is here. Mm-hmm. So we're very optimistic about taking full responsibilities for our own community. So the Peacemaker single is about peace, is about taking personal responsibility, and it's about empowering our young people through hip-hop. And where can they hear it? 
www.circleofbrotherhood.org. Okay. As well as circleofentertainment.com. But the singer is available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Uh, we also shot the Peacemakers video right there at Ground Zero, Whoa. The Hunger Nine. Right. Which is on YouTube. Okay, and all they got to look up is Circle of Brotherhood. And uh, those no, Black Man Music Group on YouTube. Okay. And it'll take them right to the music video. Want to give a big shout out to No Sleep Promotion. He helped us with that video. Awesome. Where can they um, follow your movements and keep track of you and mm-hmm. donate and do all of that? Where can they go? Well, again, anybody who wants to immediately reach out for us, mm-hmm. the, the website's the best place to go. Uh, again, www.circleofbrotherhood.org. Mm-hmm. Again, we're headquartered at 51. 20 Northwest 24th Avenue, uh, right in the heart of Brownsville. We have our own culinary art school. We have our own employment training program. We don't care what your background is or what you used to do or used to be. Used to bees don't make no honey. If you want to get employed and make some money, <laughs> come on, you know the Hello, rest of bam. the story. Um, we also have a youth mentoring piece that takes place on every Tuesday evening from 630. And so, look, family, you know where to find a circle of brotherhood. One brother, one hood. Exactly. Thank you guys so much. Mm-hmm. This morning we've been talking to Anthony Blackman, executive member and part of the entertainment music portion of the Circle of Brothers, Anthony Blackman, and also Brother Lyle Muhammad, the executive director of the Circle of Brothers. Look up circleofbrotherhood.org. We will follow your movements and support you in everything you do. And I so appreciate you guys stopping by Community Matters. Super Cindy, we appreciate the work that you've been doing consistently to bring real issues to our community. And thank you for being a dynamite example of entrepreneurship as well. Oh, thank you Mm -hmm. so much. Your girl, Super Cindy, Community Matters, 99 Jams. Peace.